Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global via Zoom. I'm joined by Adam Smith. I had a quick chat off camera. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, all the things you're saying about the 10-year uh, milestone, etc. Coogan, you know, doing incredible things to, to keep going till now. Uh, and as you said, just to me, off camera, um, five or six years with without like any profit really, and to keep going, uh, just been an incredible achievement. Look, the boxing business is uh, is wild and wacky at the, at the best of times. It's unpredictable. It's uh, there's always something happening. And you know, like I've known Coogan for a long time. You know, I remember when he was doing a bit of acting. I remember when he was in Ricky Hatton's camp, and I got to know him. And you know, he had this idea of of just you know literally grabbing a camera and starting to interview people at, at, you know all around the world. And he did it off his own back. I, I don't know the, his financial situations at the time, but it must have been very, very tough, you know, to go around the world and, and do that. Um, but, you know, he's got a great style about him. I think he makes fighters feel comfortable. It makes all of us feel comfortable. And, you know, and I think, you know, he's got you guys on the team now and it's, 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 it's a terrific success story. It really is. And, you know, like I've obviously I've been at Sky a long, long time and, you know, we've we've been in boxing throughout and when we get our criticism as we always do, you know, and, and that's part and parcel of the job, you know, when we say, Oh, you can't have we can't have this fight or that fight for financial or whatever reasons, you know, we, we remember that we've been in it, you know, through thick and thin, right from from the word go. And before I even started, you know, the early nineties we were doing the Alex Lewis fights and you know, so we've been and American fights. We've been in boxing forever. And, you know, Coogan has, for the last 10 years, done exactly what we did, you know, through the good and the bad times. He's stuck with it. And I think, you know, it's fantastic. And you see the array of people that are, you know, are celebrating his success, your success, um, you know, from all sides, you know, from 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 very, you know, different parts of the boxing fraternity. And, and it's great they've come together. And, uh, you know, everybody loves watching his interviews. You know, you're always going to get something. Um, you know, I'm not blowing smoke, but, you know, you do a brilliant job as well, Umar. And I think that, you know, look, it's, you know, I work for a big corporation in Sky and, you know, sometimes it's difficult doing all these interviews and, you know, you've, you've, you've obviously got to, to think very much, you know, carefully. And, and, but, you know, it's very good that we sort of work together on that. And, and, I, and I, I enjoy it. And, you know, I'm, I'm always available for an interview with you guys whenever you know that. And I think everybody feels the same. You know, they feel very relaxed with you and, you know, it's uh, you, you ask good questions. It's the it's the it's the chance for us to to, to speak, you know, honestly and, and and talk about you know the the, the difficulties in, in boxing because you know you, you can read the forums, you can read the the online stuff, and there's a lot of hate out there, and there's a lot of support as well. There's you know it's 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 very mixed, and then you see people in person, and it's it's a very different scenario. And I think you know I think what Cougar does is he understands the business, and the business is a complicated one. Um, so he knows, and, and I think that he knows what he can and can't ask, what he can get out. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, when he, he upsets someone or, you know, there's, there's a bit of controversy, you know, it's, it's quite sort of fun watching that person come back in pretty quickly because they know how powerful, you know, I film is and, and how you want to be on there as well. You want to do the interviews. And, you know, so I think, you know, that's, that's interesting when, you know, Derek gave him a funny one the other day and he wasn't quite sure how to take it, but, you know, it's, 
you know that you guys get a lot of views and it's uh, it's important to uh, to keep that going but yeah i'm just really proud of him i think he's done a a great job i think it's um you know a big success story you know for 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 the last few years you know someone literally just picked up a camera and started to interview and great and i think it's inspired a lot of others as well you know there's a huge amount of you know really good people out there now sort of you know going around and doing similar things and maybe in slightly different ways but i think he's you know he was an innovator as well and he's um you know he started a whole well at a time when i suppose social and digital was beginning to to really be, to explode i think you know he got there at the front and uh, he's run with it and so um yeah i wish him a new a lot more success i think it's been a brilliant story i'm sure we appreciate that thanks for that adam so yeah let's talk about what people want to hear obviously on the weekend we had usik chisora where alexander for most people won the fight if you if you looked across social media of course you and you and matt saw it the same and then we had um, Dave Coldwell, uh, Eddie Earn, Tony Bellew, etc. All either had it a draw or Derek winning. What did you make of that disparity? <laughs> you know, as we always say, Umar, you know, boxing's so subjective. You know, when you're watching a football match, last night I, I saw the Leeds Leicester game. Leicester score four goals, Leeds score one. It's, it's you know, Leicester get the three points. You know, that's the result. It's it's in black and white. You can argue about VAR. You can argue about whether penalties should be given or not. But that is the the uh, that's the, the truth, you know. That's what the result is 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 done. And if there's a knockout in boxing, you know, or a, a stoppage like Savannah Marshall, I'm sure we'll come back to her brilliant performance. But you know, something like that, it's it's cut and dry, you know. And however you scored it up to that point is you know, pretty irrelevant, I mean, because that's the finish of the fight. Um, Javante Davis knocking out Leo Santa Cruz, you know. But when you've got 12 rounds, um, people see different things. And as we we saw with. Miguel Vasquez Ritzman fight um, a few weeks ago. You know, we thought Vasquez won wide. You know, Ritzman in this corner, and one or two others thought it was much closer. And you know, and Terry O'Connor put that card in, and there's a lot of debate about that. And he went up again, you know, in front of the board, etc. So there's, it's a lot of subjectivity, isn't it? I mean, Lopez and, and Loma. I didn't think that thought Julie Letterman's card on that was way too wide, but it is subjective. Um, and I think you know, look, Derek was. Fantastic. I think his effort, his commitment, um, he said he'd go in there and take the fight, eat leather, take the fight to him and try and drown him for 12 rounds. And that is exactly what he did. Um, I thought there were times where he looked tired. I thought there were times where Usyk maybe could have stepped it up and, and got him in a bit more trouble. He went back to his corner tired a couple of times, but there were second and third and fourth wins. And you've got to take your hat off to that, that training team. You know, the whole sort of preparation had been perfect. It was the only tactics he could, you know, he could implement. And he did a very good job of trying to implement them. I think at times in the back end, he was too tired to throw the combinations that he probably needed to. But he was still closing down that, that range. He was taking the fight to, uh, to Usyk. Um, you know, it was really good. I mean, I thought he won the first round. And I think that Matt scored it the other way. And I, I, I wasn't sure about that. But, you know, First, second round, maybe you give to Chisora. I think, you know, pretty quickly, Usyk started to land the, the quality punches. And I think, you know, it's difficult because, you know, Chisora's applying all the, oppression, all the pressure. He's applying it and applying it and applying it. But, you know, it really, you know, in our eyes, should be sort of punches landed that score. And, and I just feel a lot of Usyk's work sometimes gets unnoticed. And I think that, you know, he was he was spinning well, he was throwing combinations to body and head, and they weren't the, the hardest shots. But I think genuinely he was, you know, outclassing uh, Derek for, 
you know, the majority of the fight. I've got no problem with people seeing it, you know. The, the judges had it by five, by two, by two. I've got no problem with the sort of margins. You know, some people had it, I think Spencer had it 9-3. Other people had it, you know, I think I even saw 10-2. I've seen 8-4. I've seen, you know, quite wide margins to Usyk. Um, I've got sort of no issue with any of those, you know. I, I do think Usyk won the fight, and I thought he won it fairly clearly. But whether you score it by two, by three, by four, by five, whatever, um, I find it hard push to say that Derek won or it was a draw. I just, I, I didn't see that. And I watched it back and I still don't see that. Even if you give him, like Tony did the first four rounds and one other, you still can't, I still can't have Derek winning the fight. But I think he won the hearts of the nation. I think he was absolutely fantastic. And I think it was a moral victory for him to, to implement those tactics at nearly 37, you know, with, with nine defeats on the record and, you know, up against the, the pound for pound, one of the very, very finest fighters we've had in the last 10 years. All of that. I think more interestingly is what he showed uh, Usyk about heavyweight boxing. So I thought Derek came out a winner. I know he was disappointed and I know he didn't get the decision. Um, you know, Tony and Dave, look, you know, Dave's trained him. Uh, I normally always agree with Dave or very, very often I don't I don't agree with Dave on the card. I thought he was calling the Stelby Cambosis fight when we went over to a match to you right. But, you know, you listen to Mac, you listen to Andy Clark, you listen to the, the, the guys and obviously a lot of people online, you know, who had Usyk winning. I think, you know, maybe obviously Dave was hoping beyond hope and, and, and Tony was, is, is a very good friend of Derek's. Um, and I don't know, in the cold light of day, when they watch it back, when they think slightly differently, I don't know. They said that um, um, part of Usyk's team also felt it was very close. And Eddie did. Eddie counts us at the end. And he was like, you know, and I was like, I was quite surprised at that. But, you know, there weren't many people in the uh, in the, um, in the Wembley Arena, obviously. Uh, there were a lot of shouting to, you know, for, for Derek and a lot of push. And I think everyone was so proud and pleased with what Derek was doing that, that maybe that, that possibly swayed a bit, but I've got no problems. If people thought that, you know, Derek won the fight or it was close, then, then fair enough. What I do know in my eyes is that Derek put a monumental effort in. I think he came out of it absolutely, you know, with his, with his career can still go on. I mean, I, you know, you, You'd love him to fight Dillian for a third time. You could see him fight Park. You could see him fight Andy Ruiz. There's, there's all sorts of fights out there. If Derek wants to get back and, and do it all again, no problem at all. But I think he's been brilliant these last two or three years for us, Derek. But I do think Alexander Usyk is a special talent. Uh, whether he can win a world heavyweight title is probably a lot of people's um, big question now, whether he's big enough and hits hard enough to deal with the likes of Fury and, and, and Joshua and Wilder, or whether maybe he's more suited to the likes of you know, your smaller heavyweights, your Andy Ruizes, your Joe Parkers, you know, you could possibly see him competing a bit better with that. But the guy's undefeated. For me, he won the fight. He showed us his class at times. I think he's wonderful to watch when he's, he's boxing well. He did have questions to answer. And, um, you know, I think, I think he answered them. And I thought his sweet science was, um, was, was good on Saturday night. But I think it was a good fight because Derek made it a good fight. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really enjoyable 12-rounder. And, um, yeah, we move on. Derek can come again. And Alexander now, we've got the chance of seeing whether he can win a world heavyweight title. And, you know, a lot of people are saying now, can he? I still think he can. Okay. Well, yeah, that brings me on to my next question. Obviously, Usyk goes two ways here. Either the mandatory with Joshua happens, or if Joshua vacates and, and fights Fury, then Alexander Usyk will, uh, will face either Daniel Dubois or Joe Joyce, obviously the winner of that fight, because Dan Daniel's number two in the WBO. So um, how do you think he fares against the big man like Anthony Joshua or Daniel Dubois? You see, that's the, that's the tricky assessment, isn't it? Because Derek's a big guy. 
but you know he's he's about you know strength and endurance and and you know that that sort of closing the range he's not got the fastest hands and you know you look at someone like Dubois and, and Joshua who are so much you know taller bigger the frames you know they're super heavyweights there's a reason why Alexander Usyk won the heavyweight gold medal in London and, and Alex and Nancy Joshua won the the super heavyweight I think you know first of all there's a lot of options and opportunities in heavyweight boxing, as we know. You know, there's a guy called Manuel Char that holds the WBA regular title that nobody talks about because obviously we see, you know, AJ is the real WBA champion and he holds three belts. Tyson obviously holds that prestigious WBC, so they hold the belts. So, you know, fundamentally, to win the world heavyweight title, you really have to get through at the moment Joshua or Fury, and Joshua defends against Pulev and Fury, whether it's Gabriel or Takamore, another will defend on December the 5th. So, ultimately, you know, and then the likelihood is that the two of them go on for two blockbuster fights next year. So, it's going to be tied up a bit. Now, whether they, they aim for the, the WBA regular or, as you say, you know, the mandatory now, he's WBO mandatory Usyk, um, whether they they vacate that belt and it's it's fought between him and the winner of Dubois and Joyce. Now, that's interesting because although, you know, Dubois is a much bigger guy, if he gets past Joyce, he's still relatively inexperienced. And, you know, Alexander's got huge amounts of professional experience. So I think that's a really good fight. And let's not count Joe Joyce out of that fight with Dubois, though, because, you know, Dubois will start favourite. Dubois, you know, could knock him out in the first six rounds. But Joe Joyce is a tough, tough guy, you know. I know he's been, he has been and will be sparring with Anthony Joshua. I think he's done a lot with that. I think, you know, look, he's he's got a great record. He's got a great amateur pedigree as well, in many ways better than, than, than Dubois. So, you know, people will say, oh, he's quite easy to hit, Joe. and But he's a strong, strong, tough guy. And if he can withstand Dubois' punishment early then it will be very, very interesting. I'm really looking forward to that fight. I think it's a fantastic fight for the uh, 28th of November. I'm really glad we don't and agree not to have a show that, that weekend so we can all sit back and, and watch it in you know, the comfort of our homes and, and join the nation because it's a fantastic fight. And I'm really pleased that it's, that's, that it's being made and, and we can all watch it. So, um, yeah, look, let's get that one out of the way first. But how does Usyk fare against those? Um, it, it, it's going to be fascinating. I'd still like to see him fight. You know, the likes of, of Joshua and Fury. Would he start an underdog? Yeah, uh, I think based on Saturday night. But look, he's he's not lost. You know, he didn't lose on Saturday. He won the fight. He remains undefeated. He remains a hard night's work for anybody. That slick southpaw style. And, you know, he's a bright guy. He's intelligent. He'll study the likes of... It's Joshua. He's mandatory too. So, you know, ultimately, if Joshua and Fury's fight doesn't happen quite yet, then he's got to fight Usyk in the spring. So that'll be really interesting. And Usyk will fancy his chances. And, you know, it's we've seen uh, AJ lose once. And, you know, we've, we've seen Fury back in the day with John McDermott a couple of times in tight fights. And, you know, you just, you don't know. This is heavyweight boxing. Will he have to go the long way? Yes, it looks like he will. Um, is he in Evander Holyfield with that power that came up or a David Hay with that power that came up? No, he's not a, a thunderous puncher. I think we do know that. But he's certainly got the skill set to give those guys a real run for their money. I'd like to see him, though, if you're actually sort of matching him on paper and the guys you really like. It is, I think, the likes of your Povetkins, Dillians, maybe even Dillians a bit big, but Povetkin, the winner of Povetkin White, something like that, or an Andy Ruiz or a Joseph Parker, those heavyweights that are not sort of, you know, I mean, Dillian's big, but, you know, the others are sort of more your, your, I don't know, your 15, 16 stone rather than your 17, 18s. I think I, that's what I'd like to see. 
I think him against someone like Joe Parker, great fight. I think Andy Ruiz, would he beat him? He'd probably have the skill set, but the fast hands of Ruiz, that's an interesting fight. There's, there's a lot out there. Wilder, who knows? You know, who knows what's going to happen with Deontay Wilder after what he's just gone out and said and, you know, all of that. And also, you know, technically he's just such a, a, a sort of strange style that you don't know. I'd like to see who's again with these guys and I think he wants to fight them. And that's a, that's great. You know, we remember when we said Holyfield against Bo. That's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. He came in at 49 Holyfield to fight Bo. I mean, he lost that fight, that first one. But what an, what a performance. That 10th round was unbelievable. But then Holyfield was a, you know, he was, he was a totally different fighter and an unbelievable gladiator. And he had power. And the second time I was there, the second fight with the fan man, turned it all around and, and beat Bo down the stretch. So, you know, normally the, the good big guy beats the good little guy, but not always. So, and Usyk has certainly got the, the, um, the, the, the boxing ability, the natural talent to be able to compete with these guys. Whether he wins, big question mark. Okay. Uh, Adam, as you referred to there, uh, we've got White Povetkin 2, uh, we've got Dubois Joyce, we've got Fury V at the moment, looks like Cabello and Joshua Pulev, all within four weeks, so from November the 21st to December the 12th, all in London as well. Um, so everything's going to kind of unfold and the picture for next year will be much clearer after them four weeks. It is. And it's, it's a great period, isn't it? It's a terrible period for the world. Let's, not, let's put this into perspective. It's been a horrendous year. And, you know, and, and a lot of people know a lot of people who've been affected and severely by COVID. So let's not celebrate anything because it's been dreadful and it still goes on. And we're entering another lockdown this week. Fortunately, elite sport can go on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been tough on everybody. So at least we're giving, you know, on Sky and on BT and on all the, the, the sporting channels, we're giving the nation, you know, things to watch and things to at least try and cheer them up. And I think that it is an immense, you know, boxing calendar. You know, first of all, is it all going to stay together? You know, we, we, we know that, you know, COVID has come in and, and affected fights and, you know, there has been, have been positive tests and there will be more, I'm sure. So what we've got to hope, fingers crossed, is that the big fights on all these bills hold up, mm. you know, that the, the heavyweight fights on, on and then in the coming weeks. Because as you said, you know, Povetkin White and then Dubois Joyce, you know, Tyson and AJ, you know, if, if they can all stay together, then we're going to have a great period. And um, there'll be, you know, there'll be some shaking up on it. You know, no one knows definitely who's going to win between Povetkin and White. Yes, obviously... Dubois, that's a slight favourite against Joyce, but that's another pick em. Then you've got Tyson Fury, you'd expect whoever it is, a Cabell, that he'll come through. And you'd probably expect AJ to come through against Pulev, although that's a tough fight. And Pulev's only ever lost once. They've a fight before, you know, and you can't, you see what happened to Dillian, you can't overlook, look into the, the Fury, look into, you know, we saw what happened with Joshua, with Ruiz, and all the talk about Wilder all week. And, you know, did he underestimate Ruiz? I don't think he'll make the same mistake again, Josh. I'm sure he won't. But Pulev's tough. Pulev's a hard man. So, look, let's see how it all it all gets through. Let's enjoy the next month. Let's hope they all stay stay fine, stay safe. We get all those heavyweight fights out. And then I'm sure by December 13th, we'll be in a much clearer position of what's going to happen next year. I'm sure there'll be a lot of jostling still. Will Wilder get back into the mix quickly in that Fury situation? Will Joshua and Fury just announce two fights? Will Usyk put his oar in? 
I'm sure there'll still be a lot of a, a baffling sort of political merry-go-round for a few weeks. But I think the position will be much clearer in that the Joshua and Fury fight, then we'll know if it can be made. We'll know then if Usyk can fight, you know, Dubois or Joyce. And, and suddenly it starts to sort of move in the right direction. And I think 2021 could be the year, hopefully is the year where we get crowds back and we get what we need back at boxing. But will certainly be the year when, you know, these big fights can be made. We have to remember that with no gate, so hard to make them but let's hope that crowds come come can come back in the spring you know the summer and we do get you know joshua fury at you know spurs at wembley whatever or or at, at a big you know outdoor event here with crowds um otherwise we're going to have to you know take the fight elsewhere and i said that sort of fight it must be made here and you know talking about the Bois and you know fighting for world titles or joyce or whatever you know, we want those to happen in Britain as much as possible. But we know, you know, there is money in other parts of the world. And when America gets back, I was having an interesting chat with the Americans in the bubble last week, and they were saying that Vegas is, is running up, is running again. You know, it's there's there's the, the tables are there, people are going. Of course, it's it's Americans really, but it's it's you know it's starting to sort of rebuild. So that's interesting. And obviously, we have to wait for the crowds. You know, there's. There's big stuff happening. There's a huge election in, in America tonight. There's, you know, there's there's a, a, a lockdown coming for a number of weeks here. Will that extend? Where will we be in the new year? How long will it be before we get a vaccine? All of those questions. How long will it be really before people can properly travel again? Because you know, to put someone like something like Fury and AJ, obviously we'd want it here in Britain, but if. You know, Vegas came into it, for example, and you'd want 20, 30, 40, you'd want Ricky Hatton numbers to go out and watch it. But obviously, we're not in a position like that at the moment. So, uh, And people are going to be very sceptical when this is all finished. So it's going to take time. It's not just going to immediately happen that we can get you know, 60, 70,000 in the stadium again. It could be 20,000. It could be 10. It could be 40. We just don't know the numbers. So I think while we've got boxing, we should salute all the promoters around the world for getting these big fights on. They've all been dealt the same cards, whether it's Eddie, whether it's Frank, whether it's Bob, whether it's Al, whoever around the world are making these fights. To get the likes of, you know, Lomachenko and Lopez, to get the likes of Kid and White twice in the space of three months, to get the likes of Dubois, Joyce, Pulev and Joshua, all these fights, to have Katie Taylor fighting bassoon, the women's boxing flying, to have Javante Davis, Leah, Santa Cruz at the weekend. These are great fights. You know, we weren't getting quite as many of these great fights. So in a way... Post lockdown, it's forced you know fighters to take that gamble, to take that risk. I mean, who thought Leo Santa Cruz would be flat on his back after his career? You know, it just it, there's some strange things that have happened. This this uh, you know the upset of Loma, you know, and and you know who knows what's going to happen in the next month or two. But what's great is that fighters are getting out again. They're getting money. They're getting you know some some time in the ring and under the lights and a lot of them. And I feel sorry. You know, we I went through the whole Joe Gallagher thing with Coogan the other day, and I feel sorry for. For Joe Stable, for example, I want to see Callum Johnson fight. I thought Tasha Jonas beat Terry Harper, but it was an amazing performance. I want her back. There's Callum Smith we want to see. You know, I want to see Josh Warrington. It's huge amounts of fighters we want to see. There's only certain amounts of, of fights on that we can we can have at the moment on the on these bills. And you know, the ones I think that have sort of got in there first have, have obviously reaped the rewards and and, and but off have also taken defeats as well but won't lose anything with defeat. So I think that's the sort of message to everybody out there, certainly the top level. Take these big fights. If you lose, you can come back. It, it doesn't matter so much. And, you know, what we do worry about more, especially now with, you know, I know 
I took my daughter to football last night and, you know, it might be the last one for a few weeks, you know, she can't play, my son can't play in the next week's team. And, you know, for the kids' sports, it's, it's really going to affect this. Obviously, which leads me to amateur and grassroots boxing, which is, which is really tough for all those out there. And, and that's where we have to really be careful and be cautious and look into it and how we can keep, you know, these, the, the, that going in a way. And when we come back to it, you know, really get behind it and try and do everything we can to help the grassroots and you know, make sure the young are still going to boxing clubs and stuff when they can. Because this is all, that's all difficult with the rules and regulations at the moment. So at elite level, at top level, it's great. Even with no gates, we're putting the big fights on. People are, you know, not getting the money they, they were. There's a lot of people taking, you know, taking cuts in purses, fighters, and I salute them all. They're the ones getting in there and doing this. and They're the ones that are putting their, their livelihoods and their careers on the line. And, and good luck, which is why, going back to Saturday night, you know, Derek's performance was just, you know, absolutely brilliant because even though he didn't win, he gave it everything. You know, and Usyk took the, took the, the chance and, and they did it for, for less money in front of no crowd. So uh, hats off to the fighters. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, Long, long may we continue to get the, the great matches we're getting. We've certainly got a, a few coming up. Adam, let me uh, ask you about the, the pay-per-view numbers uh, for Saturday night. Any indication? Obviously, it's Tuesday morning we're talking at the moment. Sure. We won't know for a number of, uh, of weeks. That's what happens, you know, there's, because there's so many different ways of getting the, the box office events now. We, we don't know for a number of weeks. I hope they're decent. I hope they're good. Um, you know, we, we, had a, we had a few things on, on Saturday which probably went, against the boxing that Boris obviously gave a, a huge sort of speech to the nation and that was delayed and whatever. So that might've affected, but you know, I, um, I'm hoping that Usyk and Chisora are good names that we're going to have a pretty solid uh, outcome for that. But remember, we've also got, you know, the white Povetkin to come and, and uh, there's, you know, a number of pay-per-views on the other side on BT as well. You know, the, the Mike Tyson fight, we've got um, Tyson Fury obviously to be announced an opponent. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of choice out there at the moment. And um, look, the most important thing is is that the customers are getting that choice, that the, the boxing fans and the casual fans are, you know, while, while they've got obviously these, these, these cold nights at home and a lot of, you know, time at home, this is the opportunity to watch a lot of great sports. And um, we know that these box office events can only be made, you know, by by putting them on box office. Um, and as I said, you know, with no gate, you've got a huge hole in that. So it's not surprising that there are quite a lot of box office events on, on everywhere at the moment, you know, in America, in Britain, because, you know, that's the only way of, of the finances working out. But, um, you know, we're pleased to be putting some great shows on Sky Sports, a, a triple world title header with the women next week, led by Katie Taylor. Can't wait for that. Billy Joe Saunders, uh, just speaking to him the other day, is really excited about the fight with Martin Murray. And as you mentioned, or we mentioned earlier, you've got the Dubois-Joyce fight um, as well, which is on you know, regular BT. So I think we're, you know, everyone's trying really hard to make boxing as accessible as possible, or certainly to give the opportunity to choose it if you want. And we hope that, you know, fight fans do, and they get a lot of pleasure out of it. And we're certainly putting a, a great deal of work into the next four or five weeks across the board. Because operationally, remember, it's really tough as well. We talked about, you know, the lack of our international fights at the moment, but we've got a huge amount of operational difficulties, technical difficulties, working through COVID testing and social distancing and all of the things that we have to around the arenas. And Matchroom have done, Frank Smith's team have done a phenomenal job doing it. And so have uh, the, 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 the boys and girls at Sky, they've been brilliant. You know, the, the whole operational production, logistical teams, it's a, it's a real minefield out there, uh, Umar, at the moment, to try and keep everybody safe. So that's the most important thing. So it's pretty difficult. So we're really pleased that we're giving the option to, 
to customers to be able to. And I think it's a fantastic period for boxing. You know, like on some of our Sky Leadership calls, it's like normally talk about football, talk about Formula One, you talk about the rest of the business. But actually, you know, a lot of people are talking boxing at the moment. And that's always good. That's always really good. Well, that's what we need. Let's talk uh, a bit more about the heavyweight division. Uh, Deontay Wilder is the talking point uh, within boxing right now. So there was two main parts to his video, really. Let's start with um, Mark Breland. He called him disloyal and, and said that he spiked his water, he believes, and that's why he made his, his legs weak for the, for the rematch with Fury. What did you make of Wilder's comments on Mark Breland, Adam? I don't really understand what Deontay Wilder is saying at the moment. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be pretty close to Deontay over the years. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go and try and stick a knife into him now with what he's saying. I, I just don't really get it. I don't really get the, the whole costume. I didn't get the costume thing at the beginning and, you know, the gloves and the this and, and the Mark Breland thing. It just seems to be a whole sort of array of excuses. And I understand what Dillian's saying. You know, he got knocked out by Povetkin and he was, you know, bitterly disappointed. And, you know, did he blame his gloves? Did he blame his training camp? Did he blame his trainer? No, he got on with it. And he's dusted himself down and come again. And he's, you know, he's putting his, his whole career on the line in a couple of weeks. You know, that's, that's, that's a fighting man. That's somebody that really wants to you know, to do it the right way. And if he loses, he loses, you know, and, and people are going to say, oh, if he loses, oh, he shouldn't have gone back in so quickly and he should have blamed this, he should have changed his trainers. But, you know, listen, he's, he's taking responsibility himself. Is Deontay, I don't know. I, as I said, I spent a lot of time with Deontay. I, am, I, I really like Deontay Wilder. You know, whenever I've spoken to him, especially off camera, you know, on camera, he's got that bronze bomber. He's got the sort of the garb and everything. But off camera, he is... One of the sweetest guys you'll meet. I'm sure you'll agree. He's very charismatic. He's very caring. He's got a daughter who's got spina bifida. He's absolutely passionate about children, about, you know, how he can help in the world. You know, he's got great hobbies. He loves coming to Britain. He's, you know, he's a, he's a real down-to-earth guy. You know, he's go scuba diving. He's got, you know, he's a really cool guy, Deontay. And, I, and as I said, I've got a lot of time for him. And I really like him. It's almost as though it's another person. It's almost like this sort of Jekyll and Hyde thing. And, and I don't quite get it, whether it's that's what he's had to do to sort of keep the whole bronze bomber image. I don't know. I, personally, he lost the fight to Tyson Fury. I like to think of it as it was Tyson Fury's great performance. It was one of the greatest performances by any British boxer away from home, especially in Vegas. It was the performance of the year. You know, let's give Tyson huge credit here, right? Let's not get into costumes and gloves and whatever else. I'm not, you know, that's for the commissions to decide whether the gloves are right. That's for, you know, that's, that's if he wants to wear a huge costume into the ring, that's his prerogative, isn't it? That's his choice. Yeah. We look at what happened in the ring. To me, Tyson Fury dominated that fight. Could Deontay Wilder have knocked him out? Yeah. If he landed, maybe. Could he knock him out in a rematch? Maybe. Tyson Fury won that fight. Let's move on from that. Tyson Fury won that fight. He now, whatever happens, and I don't know whether they didn't want the contract to run out, they wanted the fight on December 19th, and Fury just got, Fury and his team just said, no, look, we're, we're, we're going to move on. I don't know. I don't know what the contract say. Shelley Finkel told me that the fight was going to happen. It's not going to happen. Fury's going to fight elsewhere. 
will this end up in court? Will this end up with legal stuff? Will it end up with them working out what to do? Will it end up with Deontay coming back a slightly different route, as maybe some people thought he would anyway? Is should he go straight back in against Fury? Should he fight somebody else? Should he fight an Andy Ruiz? Should he, you know, I don't know. Should he fight somebody else and try and sort of, you know, get that confidence back, which I think is probably the right way of doing it, actually, you know, and 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 then you know Fury Joshua, and then they collide again. Deontay Wilder is the biggest single puncher that we've seen in heavyweight boxing for many, many years, right? We've been ringside. We've, we've, we've seen it up close. It's phenomenal. But he's been outboxed, outfought, outclassed by Fury. You know, he's had, Luis Ortiz had him in a, a bag of trouble. But then he, you know, he, he silenced him in the rematch. You know, he's got that. And he'll always have that power. A lot of people are saying he'll never fight again. I mean, look, I don't think so. I think he'll fight again. I think he's a proud guy. I think that, you know, he knows boxing is, 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 is a major part of his life. But he'll have made a lot of money. I'm sure he's got a lot of other ambitions, you know, in, in, from where he's from in Alabama. I think that, you know, he's got a lot of things he wants to do in his life. Does he have to fight? No. Will he? I think he will. And I think that he'll come back and he'll come back ready. And who he comes back with, whether it's, you know, it's J.D. Ass or it's, it's not Mark Breland, whoever, that's, that's his... That's his decisions. I just, I sort of find this whole thing just a bit unsavory. And I just think, look, you know, why not just, look, if he wants to stay quiet, stay quiet. If he wants to make a noise, try and get Fury in. What's gone on with the contract? I don't know. You know, for me, it will almost be better with Tyson. Do your thing. Let's get back in the ring next year and, and, and let me try and settle the score or whatever. The excuses, I don't know. But if it's his way of dealing with it or if it's te- his team's way off, it's the image or it's to cause controversy. I don't know. What I do know is that I message Deontay every now and again, and it's, you know, it's, he's, a, he's a great guy. And, you know, you take people for what, what they are, you know. But then people have different, you know, they, they go in and they say different things in front of camera. Um, but, you know, I've, the, 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 one of the good things about lockdown that I've found is I've managed to talk to Frank Warren again. I've talked to Tyson Fury. I've talked to, you know, I've talked to, the whole the whole range of, of fighters. We're not just, you know, Anthony Joshua's been out of the ring. Obviously we get behind him. He's he's a sky fighter. He's a matchroom fighter. Um when we pick up the mic, as you all as you know fully well, it's totally unbiased. If Pulev beats him, Pulev knocks him out, he turns boxing on its head again. We call it as we call it. But obviously Joshua is uh, is an ambassador for for, 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 for Sky and he's been a, a big part of Sky and Matchroom's journey for a long time and we'd love to see him go through and fight Tyson Fury of course but you know he had to deal with the Andy Ruiz thing this year for me is when is he going to get back in the ring when's Tyson Fury going to get back in the ring and when we get Fury and Joshua together you know that's that's the great fight and that's the one we can't wait for we don't know who's going to win that you know people have their different opinions that's great and for me I just want to see Deontay Wilder back in the ring you know let's let's cut the the nonsense, you know, if it's meant to be controversial, meant to be stirring up things when he can't get in the ring, then maybe that's his PRT. Maybe that's the way he's dealing with it, that he can't come to terms with, you know, what happened in that ring. But to me and to everybody else, or pretty much everybody else, it was fairly obvious, wasn't it? Tyson Fury's greatest performance. And let's give Tyson Fury credit for that. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Doesn't mean he necessarily wins the, the, the third fight if they have one, because Deontay Wilder's got the power to... To equalise anybody, and we know that, that's part of his fascination. But um, we don't really want his fascination to be about the complaints, do we? And about spiking water and all that. I, I just, I can't, I can't take that. You know, Mark Breland's a good guy, isn't he? He's been with him for a long time. And, you know, he was also a wonderful fighter himself. And I think that's just, it just doesn't sit well with me. Frank made a point yesterday. If anyone's 
going to scream and shout. It's Tyson for that first fight, and in many people's opinion, getting robbed in LA. I, I again, I've gone on record and I'll say it again. I thought Tyson Fury won that fight by probably three rounds. Um, I thought he was, as everyone else did, going to be knocked out at the end, and you know, he, he he got up off the floor, which was the miracle of that fight. But that's what people remember that fight for, is, you know, is how did he get up? And that's why probably a lot of people thought Wilder would knock him out when they fought the second time. But I think what people forgot was was how well Tyson Fury boxed that night. So, yeah, Tyson Fury should have deserved it the first time. He beat him up the second time. It, yeah, it's... And maybe, you know, Deontay should look in the mirror and think, or his team, or whoever's sort of putting him up to this, should look in the mirror and say... But maybe that's just the, you know, the, the fact that he's the scary puncher is part of the, you know, part of the appeal, isn't it? Maybe the appeal with Deontay Wilder. And the fact that, you know, he's, he's been outboxed and, you know, listen, Artis Spilker had, you know, a good seven, eight rounds with him before he got knocked out. There's been others that have showed the way to beat Deontay Wilder, I think. So we know he's, he's, he's never been the greatest in terms of boxing technique. You know, he's been decent. You know, he did, had a good amateur career. But, you know, in terms of boxing technique, you know, Fury was, was far too good for him. What we do know with Wilder is he's got the power that excites us, that get us talking. And, and he's an American or was an American world heavyweight champion. And after so long with the Klitschko, Klitschko's and, and Fury and Joshua, you know, they, they needed someone bad. And they've got this guy who is, you know, this, this, um, this strange fella who's you know, lovely at one minute and then chatting his mouth off the next and saying... Sort of, he said, he said crazy things before. This isn't the first time, you know. He said some some really odd things before, which are very close to the bone about what you know what he wants to do to his opponents. I just don't believe that's what Deontay Wilder's all about. I think it's like you know, fighters go into a ring and a a, a switch flicks definitively. That that switch flicks, you know, they have to do that. How can Katie Taylor be the, the choir girl out the ring and then be like what she's like in the ring? You know, they are, the majority of them, 95% are lovely outside the ring, aren't they? And then you, they go in and they have to can be, be a very different type of person. But I think with, with Deontay Wilder, it's almost like he's a different person when he's, he's building up a fight or he's got something to say and in the fight. And then when you sort of hang out with him afterwards or when he's you know, meeting his mates for fish and chips in Sheffield, I mean, it's... It's sort of bizarre, but that's why we love boxing because there's always something to debate. There's always someone to talk about and the controversial characters are normally the ones that people want to see fight. So, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, as I said, I I wish Deontay happy birthday on his birthday. He got a nice message back. He's He's a nice guy. He's a great guy. He's full of charisma. I love interviewing him. Do I like what I've seen in the last few days? I just think it takes the, 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 the gloss off or trying to take the gloss off, you know, the great performance of the year that Tyson Fury showed. And, you know, that disappoints me because, you know, we should all be, you know, applauding Tyson, including Deontay, to be saying, you know, hey, you know, you beat me, probably should have beat me the first time, you beat me fair and square the second time, I'd love a third chance. But then would people think, oh, he's a great guy. We'd, we'd love him that. Or people think, nah, you know what? Deontay Wallace is coming out with mad stuff. We really want to see that fight again. You know? Mm. Two ways of looking at it. Okay, Adam Smith, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. I'm sure. Can, we- I, just, can I just say, Umar, I did mention her earlier. I just want to congratulate Savannah Marshall. Marshall. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I, I think Hannah Rankin was fantastic in the bubble all week. And, you know, it was a, a fight that was delayed for two weeks. And she's a wonderful, wonderful woman, you know, a classical musician. She taught the talk. She was great value for the fight. But I thought the performance from Savannah Marshall, you know, she was a former Sky Scholar. Um, we all went through a lot of ups and downs with her, um, you know, with confidence-wise. You know, she froze in the Olympics. She's She really had a lot of issues with her with her um you know her self-belief and you know she won commonwealth games gold and she sort of went through the amateur tournaments and you didn't know whether she lost the first one it would be like she'd go back in you know put, put her head in her hands and sort of not emerge out of her room for a while but or she could win the first one and go on and win the tournament so it was a pretty tricky amateur career but what we do know is that she was the only fighter ever to have beat clarissa shields the talent was incredible and I think since that relationship with Peter Fury started, you know, they have absolutely bonded. And I thought that her performance, the tactics were spot on from Peter. I thought the way she executed it, I thought it was, it was not only the performance of the night, but I think it was one of the performances of the last few months. I really did. I thought Savannah Marshall was absolutely superb. And I'd really love to see her go from strength to strength and fight Clarissa and, uh, you know, and fulfill all that talent that we know for a long time that she's had and actually you know she she showed us on the big stage in front of everybody on the you know on the on a huge card and under the lights and, and she managed to perform and Hannah was so brave but what a performance what a what a stunning performance from Savannah Marshall and I think you know that's um anyway everybody that I've spoken to said it was the it was the statement of the show so um so yeah I just want to say really well done and it's a great time for for women's boxing. I'm doing a, a Sky working group later and we've got Terry Harper coming on. Obviously, we've got Terry and Katie and Rachel all fighting next week and Chantel Cameron just winning a world title. And, you know, it's just, it's great times. And I think, um, I think onwards with that, I think that's been a major success after lockdown. So, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to say well done to Peter and the team. Uh, and, um, you know, they've, they've gone for a lot of tough times and, you know, from that, that debut in, in Vegas in, in the Mayweather Promotions Night where she fought early on in the bill. She had a wristband cut, wasn't even allowed to stay for the main event. You know, some strange times. And I know Hannah's been through a lot and a lot of the fighters have been through a lot. And, you know, you had to go off to all of them. You know, they're, 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 they're great ambassadors. They're great sporting talent. And thankfully, they're on the biggest stage now. And uh, it's, it's just, it's brilliant. Okay, Adam. Really, I think it warms all of us to see that. And there's been some fantastic performances and some fantastic like that. Okay, Uma. Adam, I think you've just frozen. I've got you back now. I've got you back there. Just connection for a second, I think. Okay. I'm back. Did you get all that? Yeah, we, we get all that in. Just... I don't know, it's gone a bit funny now. I'll try and close it off here, if you can hear me. Um, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon, Adam. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. <laughs>